In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your future cop daughter, Andy. I'm your prison communication device, Evan. And I'm also, I was going to say that I'm a time traveling microwave, which is like the same thing, but a different way. And I'm just going with it. I'm Ronnie. If you can tell from our introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast that covers television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering Frequency episodes 4, 5, and 6, but before we get into all that fun prison shanking, let's talk about something else. I just caught a Pikachu, and I'm really stoked about it. What about you guys? Andy got back into Pokemon Go recently. It's been an adventure. I've I'm heard that I should. Every time I like think about it to do it, it's when I'm out and about and could be playing Pokemon Go. And Pokemon Go isn't updated, and then I go home to where there's Wi-Fi, and I and I just forget about it until the next time I go to a park or something. The last time I had played Pokemon Go was pre-Trump. Oh, remember it was those that days? Beautiful, beautiful summer. Right, everyone was outside and like engaging with each other in fun ways. It was so positive. We didn't know that the world was going to end in in the kind of the way it did. And when I play Pokemon Go, I'm like back there. I'm like in that uh, pre-Trump bliss uh, before the world ended. You, I think Pokemon Go owes us some money for that good, good ad read you just did because that's the best Probably. commercial I've heard for anything ever. <laughs> Pokemon po- Go, colon, remember that pre-Trump time? You're welcome. Yeah. Pokemon Go. All right, what's your actual... What's your actual bit? Come on. That was it. I had caught a Pikachu, and I was really excited about it. Oh, fine. Look, we're, we're recording this very quickly after the last one, and I, I, I'm I out of creative juice. I Has need to all be... the creative juice been running out of you? Yeah, Mark Hamill just keeps walking up to me and, like, taking all my green creative juices. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. So was Mark Hamill. So was I. <laughs> I like this idea of Mark Hamill just doing something he's like got to do it but boy this skis me out. <laughs> Mark Hamill Mark Hamill would do that for all of us. It's the only way he can do the Joker voice is if he takes my green creative juices and drinks it. <laughs> if you could if you could go back in time, I'm doing the bit. I'm doing the bit. Look, Ronnie's hijacking the bit. I had done a Pikachu bit, and then you made it weird, Evan. But, Ronnie, do your bit. If you, It's not a good bit. If you could go back in time and tell Mark Hamill anything about the future, what would you tell Mark Hamill about the future? Um, oh, get a, get a, a licensing agreement for the fucking Star Wars merch. Get in on yeah. that. Make that part of your contract. Man. Part of me wants to tell him to, like keep wearing that sweater but he's already wearing it still he loves loves that that sweater sweater. yeah i don't think you could convince him not to wear it i think i might tell him to like punch rick mccallum in the face but that's like all i got i think i would probably tell him about metachlorians i think i would just like let that filter into his brain so that he was thinking about it during the original trilogy because you know it just never comes up and you think it would you know you think it would 
Big Metachlorians fan over here. Yeah. I think he would like my advice best. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that out there. Yeah, I think he would dislike my bit very much, but what are you gonna do? I was on the spot. <laughs> All right, let's talk I mean, about this. If you this could, sh- hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. If you could talk to one person on a ham radio through time, who would it I be? I love this. I love how we had zero bits and now we have three bits. <laughs> who who would you talk to? On a ham radio? How long yeah. ago? We talked about like twenty years ago. It, it could be Show Cannon. As far back as you want. Oh man, as far back as I want. I I've got mine. Okay, who's yours? Uh, I'd call Trump and tell him that he was going to be assassinated his first day in office. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't think I would have uh, stopped him. Honestly, I don't know. I don't if know. Trump owns well, a radio, but you said anyone. Okay, that's fair. No, that's fair. That's valid. I think I would go back. I would go back and talk to uh to Thomas Jefferson. And uh, be like, like, hey, cool, you're very smart, cool, all your writings and stuff like that. And be like, hey, I know that you say that you're opposed to slavery, but if you don't actually do anything about it, then it's not worth shit. So, you know, screw your... your... If you don't do anything about it, then you're not, in fact, opposed right, to slavery. Right, exactly, yeah. You aren't, actually. Yeah. Oh, it's on my conscience. It's just not for me to... Et- no, bullshit. Like, end slavery if you think it's it's so bad. And it is bad, you bad, bad man. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Your guys's were both political. Yeah. So I well, like... I mean, human I mean, rights. Did, and all yeah. That. I mean, <laughs> you did fair. start us off with remember before Trump. That's okay. that's fair too. Um. Okay. Let's lock this down. I would use a ham radio through time to tell. <laughs> Bated okay, breath oh, over I here. got it. I got it. I got it. I would use my ham radio through time to tell the execs at is it Paramount who did the Hobbit movies and Lord of the Rings movies? The twentieth century Fox? New line, um, New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema? I would use my ham radio through time to tell the execs at New Line Cinema, who are all definitely still alive today, but they won't listen to me now. It's too late. But I would tell them that trying to make the Hobbit movies connect uh, visually and tonally to Lord of the Rings is a fucking dumb idea. And to just trust, trust Guillermo del Toro to make his own goddamn movies. Hmm. That's what I would tell them. They probably still would not listen to you because... But I'd be on a time radio. (laughs) I love the uh, instant them, credibility that somebody has just because they're like traveling through time. You can have some really unintelligent to, people find out how to travel through time. You you've got to make it more urgent than that. You've got to make it like if you don't let Guillermo del Toro make those movies, they're going to be a financial bomb. Well, yeah, I would tell them the truth that they end up terrible. Well, no, don't tell. It doesn't matter. Like the studio doesn't care about the quality of the movie. All they care about is that sweet, sweet money. That sweet, sweet so money. just tell them that like those movies are gonna crash and burn and be financial garbage if you don't let Guillermo del Toro make two Hobbit movies like God intended and in the way he wants. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's talk about this time travel show. Oh, yeah. Which, what's with this time sadly, travel show? Sadly, Guillermo del Toro had nothing to do with because yeah. I'm sure if he had, it would have been like real interesting. Weirder. Would have been a lot weirder. I love Guillermo cool. del Toro. Anyway, uh, yeah, Frequency. Uh, and as Andy has already said, we did in fact watch episodes 4, 5, and 6. And 
then in episode four, so there's two time streams. So this is in, in 1996, this little girl sees her mother get uh, abducted by the uh, Nightingale killer. And Frank, Raimi's dad, is trying to like shake this little girl down for information. And her dad's like, you're going to traumatize the little girl. Then in the future, Raimi tries to contact this girl as an adult. And she gets kidnapped the um the girl not not Raimi uh the woman she's investigating gets kidnapped and they're like oh my god the the nightingale killer kidnapped her because she was gonna talk and then she escaped uh and it turns out that the young girl who's now a grown woman in 2016 faked her own abduction for like media attention because she's like that bit or whatever um, but in the past, Frank, uh, manages to get from her the type of car that the Nightingale killer is, uh, supposed to have been driving. Last shot of the episode is, like, a hooded figure standing in front of that car as it's been lit on fire and is engulfed in flames. Episode 5 actually doesn't really have anything to do with this whole Nightingale investigation that they've been on. It's just about Raimi, like, remembering two different versions of an unrelated crime because she's, like, fucked with the time stream so much. And, like, in one version, they catch the guy who killed this other guy as a revenge killing, and then in the other memory, they don't catch him. And it's, like, eight years later or something, and they're trying to investigate it, and she's, like, trying to use her memories of the alternate time stream to, like, figure out what happened in that time stream or whatever. Basically, the only important thing that happens in this episode is that uh, in 1996, uh, Frank and Raimi's mom, like, Raimi's mom asks Frank for a divorce, and they, like, separate, and they're, like, having a, a hard time. Uh, then in episode six, we're back to the Nightingale stuff. In the future, Raimi knows that this one particular woman is going to get killed by the the Nightingale killer. So she tells Frank in the past to, like, be her bodyguard so that the Nightingale killer can't kill her and they can catch him as he attempts to. And it doesn't work. Like, they save the woman's life, but um, the Nightingale killer, like, steals uh, Frank's ID and, like, a picture of his family, implying to the audience that, like, he knows who this guy is and where he lives and he's gonna come after his family now. And then, like I said, he doesn't... The Nightingale Killer doesn't succeed in killing that woman in 1996, but then in 2016, Raimi's team finds that same woman recently dead, and they don't know who killed her. Uh, also, there's this side plot where this seemingly crazy guy in jail keeps insisting to Raimi that he too can can communicate with his future self or whatever. And he's been like getting instructions from his future self that like, oh, you got to kill that guy or he's going to commit a murder. It's supposed to be unclear to the audience if he's if he's crazy or if he's telling the truth because we know that obviously Raimi can do this, so it's possible, but yeah, this dude's a little weird. So, that's what's going on. Well done, Evan. Yes, very good. There's not a whole lot else going on. 
which is part of the problem. But we'll talk about that. Uh, how about now? Andy? Yeah, Ronnie? These three episodes of the show Frequency, are they working for you? They're okay. <laughs> you are the most, you are so noncommittal. They're is that, fine. Is that, is that a yes? Is it they're, working? They're okay. Like, yeah, sure. They're <laughs> okay, good. Okay, okay. That's fine. a yes. That's, that's, a, that's an affirmative. Okay, so sure. it's working for, working for Andy. I guess. Evan. It's working-ish. Yes, Ronnie. Uh, these hold three on, episodes. Hold on. I'm, I, 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 I don't like that Ronnie said it was working for me. It's working-ish. <laughs> you were way too solid on that as like I, a synopsis of my feelings. The the words yeah and okay are affirmative words, Starling. They're 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 fine. Okay, I was I was still non-committal, but you said yeah yeah. Sure, so that was yeah. that was my affirmative if, response. Like, if these episodes of Frequency walked into a, like, Baptist church, the old ladies would whisper and say, oh, plus Frequency's heart. Just, are you the, are just, you, are you just, the old just, Baptist ladies just, in this just scenario? Bless, just bless Frequency's heart. Like, it's trying. Evan. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my that's stance Catholics, on Frequency. That's a Andy, Catholics Andy, well, you have taken your time, Andy. We are. Um, Evan, are these three episodes of Frequency working for you? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give it a no for me. It's, Ooh. I'd say it's barely in the no, but I'm, and it's that's, I mean, we can only come from our personal perspectives here, obviously, but personally, I I wouldn't keep watching it if I didn't have to, so I'm gonna say no. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Uh, is this uh, these three episodes working for you? No, yeah. they aren't. They are not. Um, and yes, it's my opinion, but I actually happen to think that there are some very objective reasons as to why this is not working that well um, for me. Uh, and we can get right into that. Um, so let's I, let's. I caught a fampy, and he's still playing Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Go. Send us those good good checks, Pokemon Go. Um, so let's just open up the floor, kind of like, let's, let's hash it out, it's nobody's turn. Uh, what about this show just isn't working for the ending pending family? Um, a lot, but, you know, it's well made. Like, overall, the production value is really well done. I think one of my biggest pet peeves that's going on is that there's no difference between the two time periods visually except for the cell phones no yeah. one in the police station is wearing like a very 90s suit the dad is dressed like he's in 2006 not in 1996 um like there's no fanny packs none of the extras are dressed differently like even if you wanted to keep the leads kind of like sexy and hip at least have some of the extras like with frosted tips or some shit. Yeah, this isn't something I noticed until you pointed it out, but then I couldn't like unnotice it because of course I was alive in 1996. I remember the goofy shit people were wearing. I remember the like the ultra light colored jeans and like the sort of like weird color blocked windbreakers and stuff yeah. like that. There's yeah. none of it. Everyone is dressed 
the exact same. Yeah. Even most of like the vehicles, like the the main vehicles that Frank drives and the uh, Nightingale Killer's truck, which is a truck that my dad definitely exactly had in 1996. Like that's on. But like all the vehicles that they just like walk around and see out and about, it's like that's a pretty standard car. Like yeah, like um, the 90s did absolutely have very visually different automobiles they were much boxier uh they were Mm -hmm. like they tended to be sort of like longer in i I mean i used to i worked for a car dealership so i have some some notion of this i'm not just like pulling descriptions out of my ass but i'm i have in my mind's eye the image of a four-door sedan that was made in 1996 and it Mm -hmm. does not look like a modern four-door sedan Lots of station wagons, lots yeah. of wood grain, um, soft blues. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely, yeah, good good call, Andy. They definitely miss the mark when it comes to kind of world building and, and set pieces and things like and that. And that, that would certainly help uh, alleviate some of the confusion about what's going on when. Because, of course, it's the same cast, like Raimi's mom and Raimi's dad's uh, partner and stuff like that of course in real life they're the same age in both timelines you know the like crooked mm-hmm. cop like, yeah, they're, yeah and they confusing. only they kind of half-assedly make them look older like they just like dab some like graying wax in their hair and stuff like that and maybe like put a little bit like do their makeup just slightly differently but yeah. um yeah, there there aren't strong visual cues for like when we're in 1996 and when we're in 2016, except like yeah. if Frank's there. If Frank's there, it's 1996. But if right. he's not in the shot, you actually don't really know. Something I'm thinking about as we talk about that is the pilot episode of This Is Us. I don't know if that's something that you that you've watched, um, but it's you know spoilers for the first episode of this series. It takes place in two different time streams, the the parents and then the children. And you don't know that until the end of the episode because the past is shot in very tight uh, close-ups on people's face and stuff like that. And as soon as it's, like, revealed that this is in, like, the late 70s, early 80s, it kind of, like, pans out. And it's like, oh, of course. Like, there's, like, a cigarette machine. There's, like, an old radio. There, It's, like, immediately, like, oh, if, like, if you would have showed me all this five minutes ago it would have been totally ruined and so like yeah they they do a good job of of framing that and 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 keeping keeping you in that world where the show just falls so flat and 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 again what you're talking about with like the way people look when we have the scene where Ramy and frank have their first day together that could have been frank from when you know, 1996, like it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like 2001 or whatever, but like that could, like there was nothing different. Like he, he was like, his hair was slicked back instead of like just shaggy. He had no gray, no nothing. Like it felt really weird. Yep. Uh, uh the other main complaint I have is that, um, Ramey and Frank are both not very good people. I, I don't feel a lot of sympathy for them. Uh, we've already talked about how uh, Raimi has kind of just started rolling with the fact that there's no consequences. 
Uh, but then we learn also that uh, Frank was uh, cheating on his wife while he was undercover. And then he was really mad that she wanted a divorce. Like, he was, like, totally blown away. And I was like, well, dude. And super possessive, too. Like, you're dating now? Like, other people? It's like, yeah, well, you were fucking other people, Frank. So, it, like, it's it's not really adding complexity to the characters. Like, it's not really um, showing us flaws that we can forgive them for. You know, like, because... Right. Of course, there's merit to making characters flawed, but like that just seemed like a real bad person thing to do. And then Raimi also has like no scruples at all about violating people's rights, and she also really pushes Frank to violate people's rights. Uh, it seems like he's actually a better cop than she is, and she's like, no, I have future information! You have to do what I say! You've got to go to this person's house. And he's like, I can't do that. And she's like, you've got to, you've got to save their life. Uh, you know, and she doesn't really know. She's not really that far ahead of Frank in terms of what she knows about these cases and stuff. She's just running on a hunch. And then she's saying like, well, I'm in the future. So I know I have leverage over you in this situation. You, you got like, do you want them to die? So also with the like Frank and cheating thing, I get that you got to do shit when you're undercover that you wouldn't normally do to like keep up your cover. But the response to that is one, having a conversation with your partner ahead of time and having a conversation with your partner afterwards. Yeah. Just be be honest. You got to own that. Not like continuing to have feelings for said person and calling them on your phone and like lying to your wife about it. That's not cool. And now he's getting blackmailed with it. So, like, clearly he done fucked up. Because if he had just talked about it ahead of time, like, you know, a good person, then he wouldn't be able to get blackmailed. Yeah, and there's also the fact that I just don't care. Like, like any drama that occurs between Julie and Frank, uh, Raimi's mom and dad, like, I whenever they're on screen together, I'm just like... I. Like skip, skip five minutes because I I don't like this. That's when you Pokemon hunt. Yeah, it's like like this clearly is going to contribute nothing to the overarching plot. It it's definitely not going to contribute anything to this episode, and I don't think it's going to contribute to the overarching plot. And I'm just tired of your weird drama. Like break up or don't or whatever. Just like focus on what is interesting about this show, which is like. A, a baby TARDIS, basically, in your garage. <laughs> um, one of the things... So, so I talked about how I think it's objectively um, not very good. Um, and, and Evan, as a, as, a, as a fan of police procedurals, you can kind of weigh in here and let me know if you agree or not. Um, but in, in most of the shows that I've seen, there is a overarching either bad guy or mystery to solve or something like that that can kind of be in the background of most episodes but every episode there's like a little victory there's a little bit of satisfaction like oh we got the we got the killer we got the the rapist we got whoever whoever they're attack uh, per, you know pursuing that episode they get him or over the course of a two episode mini arc 
they get them at the end of that. And it's like really palpable. Um, there's a lot of delayed They might not have gotten the drug kingpin, but they like shut down this part of his operation or something. Right, yeah. right. Or, or something totally unrelated, but like they, you know, you know, it, it's, there's a, there is a victory this episode. Something is going to happen that causes us to need satisfaction and we will get that satisfaction by the end of the episode while still knowing there is something bigger that is going to be on the pursuit. Maybe we get a little hint about that at some point. This yeah. show is is full of delayed satisfaction, and there is no little victory at. There, there's a little victory with the creepy uh, dude who does turns out not to be the nightingale, and even then, like it's he commits suicide, and that you know the the, the justice of having him put behind bars is is taken away from us, and we get no satisfaction, and I'm just I'm over it. Yeah, I would agree with you, Ronnie. That is the the typical formula, and it is that way for a reason. That's because what it's because that's what people naturally emotionally respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was the case with um, Almost Human as well. There was sure. some there were some some mysteries floating around in the background that would spring up every now and then in like the main plot. Uh, but each episode was self-contained as far as like and a case is introduced at the beginning by the end of the episode we've solved it or we've reached some kind of conclusion to that to whatever was brought up at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. uh, I was yeah. I was saying that especially with the like time stream bouncing around thing because we we addressed last time that, this gets confusing because Raimi can remember everything that happened. Sometimes she acts like she can't remember it briefly for some reason. But anyway, like we we don't know like what like cause in the past resulted in this effect in the future. Mm-hmm. So had it been presented more like vignettes, like had each episode been much much more self-contained uh i think it would have made the time stream thing a lot less confusing as well because they could have honed in on like this action in the past equals this reaction in the future and then we wouldn't have had in some episodes she's bouncing between like three or four like time streams that she remembers because of like some random other stuff that they've changed and so uh like there was a part where she apparently had like a one night stand with another police guy from like a different department and they like the two of them met and he reacted like awkwardly as though he was referencing something that had happened but the audience didn't see any of that happen and then they showed us a flashback of them making out and then i was like oh wait when when did that happen did i do i have to rewind but no, it didn't actually happen in the show. It only happened in Raimi's memory. And we, the audience, had no idea that it happened until just now. So right. that scene is, by its very nature, really confusing for, like, a good 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's not how no. it ought to be. That's not how it should be set up. Of course... Uh, the narrative does deliberately like 
hide things from you in a good narrative sometimes, but you shouldn't spend a good long while thinking, okay, like they clearly think I should know who this guy is, but I don't know who this guy is. Like, yeah. Why is this happening? <laughs> right. Or just lean into that. Like lean totally into we are going to make this show weird. We are going to leave people behind but, like, it's going to be something that people are going to watch. It's going to be lost. People are going to watch it through a second time and be like, oh, I picked up on that. Like, it, you can do that. But this show is just, like, staying so in the middle of, like, we're weird, but nothing is going to be realistic. On like, that it, point, you're setting me up perfectly, Ronnie. Yeah. My big complaint is um, the radio dude, the crazy yep. prisoner radio dude. Yep. He's real weird and unsettling and creepy and all of his like murders that they show are like nuts, like like just totally uncomfortable and great. Like that actor, I don't know what his name is, but he was that Metatron is, uh, on Supernatural. That's Curtis Armstrong. He's like the I don't want to say he's the low rent version of the inconceivable guy from uh, the Princess Bride, but he's kind of the low rank. I mean, he's, guy he's a very Bride. like famous classic character actor. He's yeah, been he's made a, a name for himself now too, for yeah, sure. Yeah. He's always that weird guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was great. Like he was so freaking good. He was so uncomfortable, and I was like, oh great, this show is finally getting weird. Like right. we're gonna do some weird shit this episode with ham radios, and I'm here for it. And they didn't really. No. Like, they set it up all so good. I thought right. Raimi was going to start questioning if she was nuts. I thought this dude was going to get in Raimi's head. And mm-hmm. n- no, they just didn't quite do much it do- with it. it. It doesn't go anywhere. Like, yeah. that, that's that's another issue I have is just that, I- like, Frank is doing, like, real police work in, like, the real world. And Raimi is doing nothing. Like, Raimi is, like, following all these threads that nothing ever goes anywhere, and she's living in a time period where she could do something, and it could be really weird, because, like, she, she like, can communicate with the past and change it. Like, I thought for sure there was going to be, like, a secret society of mm-hmm. time-traveling ham radio operators or some shit. Sure. I thought maybe this dude got, like, kicked out of this secret society. I thought maybe... Raimi was going to think she was going nuts. I thought maybe this mm-hmm. guy was going to manipulate her. I thought something cool was going to happen with this plot line because you don't bring this this like solid actor and this really s- interesting character in for one episode and not have it count for anything. Right. Especially right. because they gave us that clue where like he did he not have a ham radio that he was working on was or it certainly looks like Raimi's setup. Yeah, it's supposed, he had, he had it's supposed to definitely mimic radio. that. Yeah, yeah, he's it, and so the the show was signaling to us that like maybe there's something to what this guy's saying. Maybe he's not just a crazy person because we know clearly the concept of inter time stream communication is not impossible because we've seen our main character do it. So there's no reason for us to doubt that this guy can do the same thing. Even if he couldn't, and he was just crazy, having him really affect Raimi mm-hmm. and question her sanity would have been great. Because what she's doing is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the entire time, Raimi was just like, you're full of shit, you're full of shit, you're full of shit. Like, she at no point ever really seemed 
to trust him. Yeah. And no, it, my my past time stream communicator is real, but clearly yours, yours is bullshit. Is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, why bring him in? Like, he didn't teach exactly. Raimi a lesson, except for like she's now convinced that her dad needs to murder the Nightingale killer and not bring him into justice, which is again like. Ramy, you're a fucking bad cop. Like you're not a good police officer. <sighs> I don't know. The whole the whole premise led to nothing and I right. wish I wish the show had been like, yeah, let's get fucking weird. Right. And that's something they like that's a choice they can make. They can say, we're going to get weird and throw convention behind us or they can say there's this very weird facet and an overarching mission, but we're going to have these Police officers go about their life as normal with, you know, this little tinge of normal. And that would give us that bit of satisfaction each time. And they do neither of those things. Raimi is still like Raimi is in the like I said, Raimi is in the future doing nothing where things could be weird. And Frank is doing everything in the past where everything is super normal and boring. Like it, it's it, it, I don't I don't know. I don't know. So what did work for us? Or what do we want did... to keep shitting on it? No, I think I think we've done that. No, quite there were there are things that work. Yeah. And, like yeah, this certainly, certainly like that's why I hesitated so much when I was like, eh, Yeah. Yeah. Personally not But like yeah. I think I was the most positive on it. Yeah. Why don't um, you lead us off? I mean, one, I've been able to catch, like, a lot of great Pokemon while watching it. So, like, oh, goodness that's definitely gracious, plus. Andy. Uh, two, I really liked the bit in episode four with, like, the truck. And yes. I think that's because, like, that was a really satisfying lead they finally had. Like, mm-hmm. not only did they confirm that the Nightingale Killer was targeting... Raimi's mom which like they hadn't confirmed that yet in 96 so that was like a tiny victory there Frank saw him like Frank saw the dude in his car like didn't get a good look at him but like it was a really solid lead and that was really satisfying and it was also creepy as shit to know that he's been watching Raimi and whatever Raimi's dumb mom's name is at the park Julie? Julie? Judith? Julie. Judith. Julie. Okay. Juliana. Um, So I like, that was a good bit. Like all the bits with the truck. I was like, I was invested in that. I was here for it. Um, The, any, any really solid interaction that they've gotten with the Nightingale has been good. Like when the, I didn't really like the episode with the little girl who was like faking it in the future. But when she finally like confirmed that she had seen him and like what he looked like, like that was really exciting. Um, The bit with the Nightingale killer uh, beating up Frank in episode six was really good. Um, Like it was creepy that he was in the house and then he took the picture uh frank's family like all that really creepy the picture coming back up in 2016 super creepy really uncomfortable but um there hasn't just been enough of that for me but those bits those nightingale killer bits were good episode five sucked all the way through like there's nothing good in episode five 
Okay. I was going to say that episode five worked for me. The jealous bit with Frank and the Little League coach, which, by the way, what Little League team has, like, this sexy, like, coach? What Little League team isn't just whoever's dad is the most trying to relive his glory days from Little League Mm -hmm. or high school? Like, who's got, like, this fucking sexy, like, army coach? Like, come on. I'm calling bullshit on that. But episode five didn't have anything to do with the overarching plot. It just felt like a different show to me. Right. So that's why I didn't like it. I liked it because I think that this Stan Marino guy, who is like the person who set Frank up to die initially all those years ago, I think he's just like a really good villain. Like we know he's a bad guy. We know that like, all of these things are, are unfolding in this way and yet everyone loves him and he's like a pillar of the community. And so like, it just felt good. It, again, it's part of that satisfaction thing. It felt good to like have someone to direct ire at because up until this point, it's just been like, Ooh, that sketch of a person in a hoodie is really making me mad. And like, it doesn't, he, he either needs to be the main villain right. then, and have the Nightingale killer just like on the back burner Mm-hmm. Or he needs to be connected to the Nanny Girl somehow. Because right now it just feels like fucking random whenever the show focuses on Sam. Also, he looks the most similar between the timelines. And it's very confusing every time they focus on like sure. 96 Sam and 2016 Sam. Yeah, I, I, I it was just that was the one part where the like dual timelines, like the, the, the multiple memory flashbacks, like you were able to parse it easier because just like, oh, who's Rainy with? Is she with her dad? Is she with Stan? Like, it was easier for me. It it told a story. Use those flashbacks to tell a story, which up until this point it hasn't done. For me, it was Um, rough because there were three sets of flashbacks. There were Sam flashbacks, there was dad flashbacks, and then there was the 96 timeline and the future timeline. Yeah. Yeah. It was was very confusing for me. Yeah. It... It wasn't too bad. It, I can understand that. If, yeah, if yeah, you dug it, yeah, that's good shit. Like, I'm glad it worked for you. Right. But again, as you said, like, it, like, what does this person have to do with the Nightingale? And what, who's the villain? If Is this the villain? What is going on here? Um, had there been other episodic episodes? Like, had there been other episodes that deviated from this, like, Nightingale killer focus, it wouldn't have been so jarring? But because every episode up until now, like all four other episodes, have been sort of following this Nightingale killer Mm -hmm. thread, and this one didn't at all, it felt like we were missing something the whole time. I was like looking for a connection to the Nightingale murders somehow, and there wasn't one. And I think that's probably a big failing of this show is that they thought that they had time to do this. Mm-hmm. They thought that they had time to do this little bottle episode stuff of like, ooh, isn't this a really bad crooked cop? You know, we're focusing a lot on this murderer, but ooh, the the you know, there's a lot going on inside the own the house of the precinct. Like it, 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 it felt like they were trying to do something new and different, which like, right. cool, go for it. But like, either do that more so we we know to expect it, or do it better but it just it feels like a really out of place episode to me yeah but they tried something new so good good on them Uh, um 
What else did you like, Ronnie? Gordo was good. Gordo, uh, Gordo, like reinforced the fact for me that he's definitely the the killer because he like <laughs> comes in drunk and like talks on the on the ham radio and is just like really like ha ha I'm so goofy and hapless ha 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 and I'm sure he walked out like yes yes believe believe that I'm incapable of murder. Um, I for a minute thought he was being kind of a dick and then I was like oh you know you know what Raimi's kind of a dick too so it actually yeah. makes sense that they're friends. He's like, trying to just connect with her in any way that he can because she's a different person now and he doesn't know who she is. Or they're just both kind of dicks. No, they're both dicks. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but he, but one is one is just like a bad cop and the other one is definitely an axe murderer. <laughs> or a nurse abductor, I guess. A nurse um, abductor, yeah. Nurse abductor. Um I am with Andy in that I really liked the Crazy Man Ham Radio Future Crusade thing. I was excited about that as well. Mm-hmm. I uh, loved that. Yeah. I wish it had gone somewhere. Yeah, I wish that, it had gone somewhere too. And that's the thing. I just I, I liked it, but I kind of and maybe I'm just being pessimistic and I didn't really know this, but it just felt like it wasn't gonna go anywhere. Like, what 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 is what is the end goal here? Like, this person like breaks out of prison with her, and they're like a talking to the future, talking to the past kind of crime fighting team, like, that would be great, and that would be an awesome step for the show to take, but this show has proven, like, nope, we're gonna be very bland. I promise. I was hoping they were gonna keep it ambiguous for a lot longer. I was hoping they were gonna, like, get the guy his machine and get Raimi to mess around with it, and maybe we get some hints that it works, and maybe, because, you know, remember when uh, Frank was trying to contact Raimi with Julie, her mom, in the room, and Raimi wouldn't talk because mm-hmm. they. That's another thing. They also oh, so they, mad, made they, me so mad. Yeah, they have very, very strange, uh, like standards as far as what they will do and won't do. Right to change the pat, like Raimi specifically, like Frank is like basically just doing what she tells him, but. Sometimes Raimi is like, yeah, we got to do the thing. Fuck the time stream. Like, we, you can't just let so-and-so die or whatever. And then, like, other times she's like, no, I can't. We're going to fuck up the time stream. And it's like, but you just, like, you've been, like, from literally moment one of you using this ham radio, you've been totally willing to fuck up the time stream like you told your daddy was gonna die and that fucked up everything and then you're like no we gotta save mom and that's further fucking up everything like specifically that scene where frank brings in julie and he says listen it's your daughter like like Raimi, tell her tell her and she doesn't say anything because like uh, why would she want to like try and do an actual thing that might achieve the goal of saving her mom (laughs) and afterwards she says that was just way too much for me. When, like, in really Raimi time, she's been without her mom for, like, two weeks? A week? Like, she, like it hasn't been that long. She was without her dad for 20 years, and all of a sudden, he, she's, like, fine with talking to him all the time. But it's too much to, like, really interact with her mom, who, like, she, like, really has only been without for such a short amount of time. It doesn't make any... Their motivations are completely senseless. Also, yeah. like... I- why not just send the mom away? Like that's how the one the the one survivor survived for so long. She went to India or something. 
Yeah, just contrive some reason that she needs to go out of town or it's something. It's fucking 1996. Like, if you want to disappear, you can disappear. Like, it's not quite the Wild West, but, like, you can hide. Uh, I mean... Just go away for, like, a month. The, the slight problem there is that uh, Julie clearly doesn't believe Frank when he's like, you're in danger, and we've got to... She like, does now. They got cops outside her house. Well, yeah, like, that was only just in the, like... That was recently, though. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they certainly could have contrived some kind of reason that she needed to go out of town. For sure. Like, like Frank could have set up something to convince her that, like, oh, your it's, sister is ill or it's something. It's the same thing with, like, Frank dying in the car crash. Like, Frank, don't drive on this one day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what I was trying to say about Crazy Guy and the ham radio is that, uh, you know, we've established that, like, for whatever reason, sometimes you can't communicate with whoever you're trying to communicate with. Like we've we've set that up as a thing, so uh, you know we could we could have strung Raimi along a lot longer. We could have had her investing a lot of uh, like emotional weight in this guy because like yeah he's he's a murderer, but also he might be right. What if he's right? Also, like, Raimi's if... been advocating for murder this whole time. She has, yeah, yeah. She can relate to this dude on his murder levels. <laughs> so anyway, there was a lot to do. Like, we could have done so much with that. And I like I still don't hate it because I still like that character and I still like that he was in the show. So I'm like, I'm mad about what could have been, but I'm also not mad about what was there. Do we ever real like, do they ever tell us exactly why the Nightingale's MO is to like, be about like prayer and rosary beads and stuff like that. No, they don't tell us why he's killing nurses either. I don't think. I'm assuming yeah. he's got like a Florence Nightingale fixation. But is Florence a Nightingale a real like Catholic symbol? She, not that I. I know don't think of. she's specifically Catholic, but she's like a very yeah, famous just, nurse. Right. Okay. That that makes sense. But like the oh. rosaries and like the posing people in praying positions, like that's where I'm just like, what. What? How does this tie in? Christians be crazy. I mean, I yeah, guess, but yeah. narratively, it would be nice if they started feeding us some hints about what his motivation was and what was going on. You know, yeah. like Hannibal does, like, Hannibal is very, very... Weird. Yeah, I was going to say avant-garde. That's a good it's, word for it. It's very... Um, all of the crime that happens in Hannibal is not especially realistic. It's all of, like, the weirdest serial killer things you could ever think of all happening, like, close together. But that is okay, because that's what the show is all about. Like, everything about the show is very, like, visually ethereal and, like, otherworldly. And so, anyway, uh, all those serial killers have very strange motives but they're so interesting right like the and they they like feed you little bits as will and the rest of the police officers and to a lesser extent hannibal are investigating and it like that's the most interesting part of the show is uncovering these bizarre logical strings that tie all of these really macabre crime scenes together you know like that's a really cool element of that show 
Right. Fucking and good use of the word macabre. We're a podcast that uses words like macabre. And avant-garde. This is fucking good content you have in your ears right now, listeners. This is like a dictionary podcast. Yeah, we're fucking smart as shit. Um, yeah, I, I think that that would be an interesting use of this show's time instead of using, like, conjecture evidence from, like a distant future to solve a crime. Why don't we like really dig into this Nightingale killer and see what they're all like, spend time really understanding them and picking it apart and like focusing on the similarities that we see between 20 years in the future when they're still killing and 20 years in the past and how the, how things have changed and how they've stayed the same. Like that is a so much more valuable use of this show's time. than just like is if they cast Jim Caviezel, to play the Nightingale and actually had the Nightingale as a character. Get the like main actor from the movie who's now doing television shows because he's not quite famous enough to hold a movie anymore. <laughs> and like get him on there. Yeah. And the serial killer as a character. That would have been cool. Um, what was I going to say? Also, um, I've been thinking on this a lot. I got no idea how they do a season two of this show. Right. That's, like, it's probably I, a good thing it got canceled, because I have no idea where they would have gone for season two. <laughs> I was watching these two, like, all three episodes last night with uh, with Kirsten and her sister, and Kirsten is just, like, transfixed because she loves anything that is, like, police procedural related with, like, weird stuff going on. Um, we and should so have her guest. Yeah, yeah, maybe she if should If she likes it, time. I'd love to hear why. Yeah. She, she, but her response was exactly the same as yours, and she's like, it's interesting, I don't, I couldn't what would they do in a season two? How could they? This would get so old. Fucking flashpoint it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're really like breaking it down a little bit there, but um, who's the murderer? Do we, does anyone want to change their, uh, their guess? Who's, who's the nightingale? We haven't heard from barkeep in quite a long while. So no. I think it's unlikely that it's him or I liked that one. I liked it a young. lot, but also, all of our guesses are have been ruined because we've seen the Nightingale now, and he's too skinny to be the neighbor. Yeah, I liked how they were holding that away from us. And also, if if the Nightingale was killing back then, then it couldn't be yeah, Gordo yeah. because he would be a child. I he thought could have about been a that with. I thought about that with. Uh, oh, that's a good. That's okay. Well, that's my new theory. Gordo's um, a copycat. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that with the fiance too, where it's just like he also would have been a child when all of this was happening well that's like, that's my stance fiance is still the the murderer but he's he's a copycat okay well gordo is a copycat <laughs> everyone's who's, a copycat <laughs> who's the original nightingale the bartender still although i do like both of both of your theories i think are solid it's i mean i don't know how realistic this show is trying to stay but it's it would be extremely unusual for a serial killer to continue killing for twenty some odd years. Right. I don't know that that's ever happened. Did he take? A, I'm assuming he took a break, right? He took a break and then he came back. I'm not sure. Because that has happened before, where a serial killer well, killed a few times, laid low for a really long time, and then came back. It's also a thing where, like in in the original timeline, the Nightingale is no longer active. And then in the new timeline, the Nightingale's been active for all this time. So, like... They, yeah, did, they, did that happen when she saved her dad, the Nightingale came yeah, back? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And nothing has, like, explained exactly why the night Like, the, and they don't explore that. Like, well, what happened that made the Nightingale continue to kill? Like, again, dad's the Nightingale. 
Her dad's the nightingale. That's the exactly. plot of the movie. Is the plot of the movie is like a quarter of the way in, Jim Caviezel saves Jonathan Kent, and then um, the serial killer shows up because of that. So something the dad did after having survived is what ignited this passion in the serial killer. And then it's trying to figure out from like the past and the future what happened. Sounds like the movie's better. We should probably watch the movie for our finale yeah. on this show. I didn't realize that you guys were talking about the movie. Yeah, let's watch the movie. Let's do a bonus episode <laughs> where we talk about the movie. Yeah. Let's not watch the last three episodes of this show and instead we're never we watch We're never movie. doing Firefly, but we're going to watch Serenity and cover that shit. Yeah. Um. Um, so overall, grand, grand big picture, Evan, uh, is frequency working for you? Uh, I'm gonna, it's, it's just over the line into a no, honestly. I, I still think the acting is solid. I still think the the concept is pretty solid. I still think the production value is quite high. It looks nice. Um, there's, there's nothing outright bad about it. Right. There's nothing, of course, we're a little biased because we've seen a lot of terrible shows, and by comparison, this is quite good. But I, I'm i going to give it a, like a D plus, which is still failing, but only just barely. Yeah. Andy, is, uh, is frequency working for you? So if I had a buddy who was like really into frequency and was like, Andy, like come over and watch this show with me, and like we got like some beer and ordered pizza and watched it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that was a really good show. That was fun. But when I sit down to watch it with Evan and we're watching it to like review it, I see all of the flaws. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to say that it's it's not really working for me. It's right on that line of like, yeah, it's okay. But like, no, it's 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 got some issues and uh, it's so close to being truly good. But it like, Gets so close, but just misses. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. yeah. Frequency as a whole, episodes one through six. Working? I'm going to say yes. Um, but I am like so like standing on that line, toes ready to jump into no. Like the concept and the potential for it at this point is enough for me to say like, I still have hope. I still think that it it's working enough for me to like see where it goes. But because like these three episodes, my no is I'm still like kind of on the line of like it might work a little bit. Um, but I am like I am one more episode of it not working away from just like swan diving into no territory. It's so tough for me because episode four, I was like, oh, that was OK. Like eh. episode five, I hate it. And episode six, I thought it was good. So, like, I'm, I'm so... Frequency is all over the place for me. This... I, I am right now... I just looked up um, the creator of the show because I wanted to, you know, say, like, well, this 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 person has made other stuff, so maybe the other good stuff will, like, make me feel better about, like, where this is going to go. Uh, the show's creator, Jeremy Carver... Uh, let's let's get down to some of these credits because I think they'll be interesting for the, the history of, uh, of Ending Pending. Um, he is a producer and a writer on Frequency, of course. The other two projects are Supernatural. 
Oh, wow. Um, and Being Human, which is an old favorite of this show. Um, is that the one about the robot? No. I think it's, it's about That's the robot the robot penis. That's the other one. And there's sex robots? No. Yes. Um, yeah, I just thought that. I, I, I Again, I have, neither, I have not seen either of those shows, but based on what I have heard about them, maybe I shouldn't have quite as much hope as I do for this making a heel turn and, and uh, starting to work out. Um, you know, I think but, this is, I think this is the closest we've come to agreeing on any show ever. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we're all quite torn. Yeah. But, but that's good. I like it when we can, you know, really get to the bottom of it and work together to figure that stuff out. Podcast team work. You know what that's I think? So great. You know what I think? What do you think? I think our communication is working. Aww. Th- we don't think, need I a think, ham radio from the future. I think this this dynamic is working. So, so you know, screw you, Frequency, for trying to tear us apart and keep us down. We're, we're united against you. This is Andy. This is Andy What's from that? 2046. Boop, 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 boop. Are you there? Are you there, ending pending audience? Hang you don't on, have to on. do the boop boop between every. Yeah, what do you want? Are you, are you there, there, ending pending? You need to tell your friends about this podcast, and you need to like, comment, and subscribe, and review. And fuck, I don't know what to say, but tell your friends about it and how much you love it, or else Donald Trump becomes president for another eight years. Another eight years? Another wait, eight years. Wait, he's president for the original eight years, too? Yeah. Oh, this is a bad... This is... Oh, the future that you live in is so terrible. We need to fix this for you It's and awful. You, you need to tell your friends about Ending Pending and how great it is. Don't be afraid of fucking up the time stream, evidently, because it can't get more fucked. Also, no, you. You right now who's listening. Don't drive on... September 25th of 2036. Don't don't drive. You're in a real distant future in there, future Andy. Yeah, 2048. I'm in 2046, but on September 25th of 2036, don't fucking drive. Oh man. Mark it down. Mark, mark it down. Mark it. Also, episode nine is so dope. Like, 20, 2018, Andy, you're going to love it. <laughs> Yo, thanks, 2046, Andy. <laughs> Yo, thanks. episode 14 is just like, goes another d- dimension with oh, this Oh, is 2046 stuff. Ronnie here? Yo, what's up, dude? The zip yeah, line between yeah, our two dude. houses is so rad. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm just here because we missed, I'm here because I, I wanted to type tap back in to the to the ending pending podcast episode thirty three that we that we we totally missed the great joke when we said that we were all doing we were had a great dynamic. I, I it's my dying breath that I need to come back and say that we're all on the same frequency. Oh Ugh. shit! Did I interrupt you with my time travel? I'm sorry. No, I, that we just missed the joke. Okay. We just missed the joke, and I was I was it's me twenty forty six Ronnie coming back and just making sure that we we include that because it was a good joke. 
that Kirsten totally yelled at me from across the room as we were talking. <laughs> 2046 Kirsten is hilarious. 2046 okay. Kirsten has all the best okay. comedy stand-up specials. I gotta go back to 2046. Bye. Bye, ending pending. Tell all your friends about it or the future. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 20, 2018 Andy's back and just that was I, that was inspirational. I like how your ham radio has a Doppler effect. That was that was a that was a nice touch. Yeah, twenty forty six um, Andy was still cute. Yeah. They they're they're still with you, by the way. They have, you have eight oh. cats now though. I'm sorry. No. So if you want to follow anything maddening uh, on Twitter, which which I think that uh, future twenty forty six Andy would totally say is is necessary to like keep the good good time stream going. Uh, I'm gonna keep this going with talking about other podcasts that follow us. My my friend Madiba from um, high school. She's a lawyer and she's black and she's starting a podcast where she just talks about current events. From the perspective of a awesome woke lawyer, so she can give you all your your legal, actual legit legal information, not just like internet bullshit that people on the internet are saying. Uh, it is called. Let me pull it. I should have done this a second ago, but I subscribed mm-hmm. to it because I'm a good friend. Bard and Bougie. That's Bard- a great name. <laughs> That's a yeah. great fucking name for a podcast. Holy Very shit. Good. Uh, bougie is spelled B-O-U-J-E-E. Also, that, that art is top notch. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good banner. Yeah. So she only yeah. has her, uh, her trailer up at the moment, but it's going to be a great podcast. Oh, I'm go confident. subscribe to that. I'm yeah. already, I'm subscribing to that now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, at meddling kids podcast that's a scooby-doo podcast that goes through all the history of like scooby-doo episodes and breaks it down do they smoke weed um i don't think so really Um, they're doing a scooby-doo podcast they're not blazing they might i don't know right now they're trying to like figure out what the deal is with scooby of like um, Does he is, have rights? Well, clearly, yeah. clearly he went through Terra Genesis. He used to be <laughs> that, there. That's, that's he used to be thought. Shaggy's boyfriend. Exactly. <laughs> and then he went through Terra Genesis. They're trying to figure out if he's a man trapped in a dog body or what the deal is. So, so I hope they figure that out. Um, so, yeah, follow, um, go subscribe to Meddling Kids Podcast and Bar, uh, Bard and Bougie. Is that correct? Yep. And uh, and uh, and yeah. And, and then and then follow our podcast. Follow yeah. us on Twitter at ending pe- or at pending pod. Follow us on Facebook at pending pod. Send us those good good email communications. Penningpod at gmail dot com. Badgers are in your closet, and you got to feed them. Go feed those badgers. Nom 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 nom. Oh dear. Did you? That sounded like you ate the badger. No, that was the badger eating the snacks. Oh, okay. Very. Okay. That badger used to be a, a boy, a moon boy, and he's very hungry. <laughs> All right. Stop making that canon. Stop <laughs> it, it. It's already canon. It it's, is already It's canon. written in, in ending pending lore. Terrifying. They, they terrifying. talk about the badger boy from the moon around the campfires of 2046 after the nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> this is, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. This. Instead of Wolverines, the resistance spray paints the badgers. And they like draw a moon. They they tag a moon. Okay, this is we're done. This is it. We're done. I'm we love you. It. Yep, Bye. It's done.